Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Thank you, dear Father God, for your holy written Word. As we study it together tonight, we invite the Holy Ghost to teach us, to lead us, to guide us, and to enlarge our capacity to receive revelation, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and ability of all things that pertain to life and godliness. Quicken thou us according unto the Word. Make it alive within us. I thank you for utterance to proclaim with accuracy and boldness the truth of the Word that makes men free, that our faith would stand not in men's wisdom, but in the power of the living God and resurrected Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Acts 5. We're going to look at 38 and 39 here in a minute. But you ever notice that very often when we set out to do things for God, we do so with the zeal and the fire that burns on the inside of us? And, of course, our purpose is to accomplish the will of God for our lives. And so we just head out with this zeal and enthusiasm and this fire on the inside of us. Because we know that God has placed within us a vision or maybe a dream. Or... Just a word that we know that pertains to our lives. Whatever it may be. Maybe he would have you to do something for him such as go to a Bible school somewhere. And so you set out with all this enthusiasm and with all this zeal. Maybe he would have you to go canvas an area, you know, and preach the gospel to people. Knocking on doors or whatever it is. And so you set out. And you're going to accomplish this purpose in the will of God for your life. Because that's what thus saith the Lord to you. And so you set out to do that. Maybe it's something that you set out, you know, to achieve in your personal life. Maybe a deliverance or maybe a healing for your physical body. But whatever the case may be, we seemingly set out to do these things with great zeal and enthusiasm. The fires of the Spirit burning on the inside of us. But did you notice that sometimes, for various reasons, many allowed that dream to slip away without fully realizing it or accomplishing it? Very often it does slip away. I I remember... Many coming to me and saying, I know that God wants me to go to Bible school, but they some, somehow or some way fall by the wayside and never, never accomplish that. And it kind of makes you wonder as a pastor, well, was God really speaking to this person's heart? Because, you know, he may have been speaking to that person's heart. Just because they didn't fulfill the plan of God didn't mean that God didn't speak and give him a word. It didn't mean that God didn't drop a vision on the inside. Doesn't mean that necessarily, does it? It just means they didn't set out to do it. Now, it could be that he didn't, and they just misunderstood or just heard something else, or maybe it was something that they wanted to do themselves. But for whatever, you know, the case is, very often things get in the way and hinder one from pursuing those things and fulfilling what God would have them to do. For example, sometimes it takes time for the plan of God to unfold. Did you ever notice that? I remember off at Bible school when I was attending Bible school, I knew that's what God wanted me to do. That was His Word for me for that particular season, you know, and it involved time. It involved a lot of time. It involved a lot of planning, a lot of hard work. And if you give up on those things because of the time element that's involved and you don't maybe seeing everything fulfilled or unfolding as quickly as you would like it to, you can just give up. Forget about it. As a matter of fact, I saw many at school. In our particular class, many, almost 300, left school and didn't complete what supposedly God had told them to do. Now, did they all miss it? 
Did they all mishear God or maybe God, they were doing something they wanted to do? I don't know. Maybe so. But I would think at least a few of them maybe God did speak to. But you see, it wasn't the way they saw it. And as time began to go by and things began to unfold and as they saw many hardships along the way or maybe persecution or a lot of things that were just getting in the way, they just allowed the dream to slip away. And they didn't fulfill what God would have them to do at that particular moment. Another uh, force against us to stop our dream from being fulfilled could be demonic influences. Did you ever find that out yet? Demon forces are out there to prevent us from accomplishing the purpose of God's will. If it's like I said, maybe to achieve something in our personal lives, to get a healing, a deliverance, or, or like I said, go to a Bible school or canvas an area or do something positive for the, the, the kingdom of God. We've got all these powers arrayed against us for the purpose of preventing us from accomplishing God's will. We start out with that fiery enthusiasm and zeal. We just, you know, set ourselves to complete what God would have us to do. But as time begins to go by and the pressure, you know, is upon us, it seems like many just let it all fizzle out. The dream begins to fade away or maybe they lose sight of the vision. Or maybe that word is not as distinct as it first was when God spoke to that person's heart. And so it begins to slip away. Uh, I don't know if you ever noticed this one, but sometimes people get in the way. Sometimes people get in the way. But I remember if I would have listened to people in the very beginning, I would have never attended Rhema Bible Training Center. I mean, well-meaning people. People that loved me, people that were concerned, people that cared. But yet, it seemed like they weren't saying what God said. They were saying something other than what God said. Well, you don't need to go off to Bible school. What do you want to pack your bags and go that far away from home for? There's nothing but a bunch of tornadoes in Oklahoma anyhow. Rattlesnakes and all that stuff. You don't want to go on down there. That's ridiculous. Besides, you don't need to do it. We've heard you preach. You can just, you know, stay here and just preach and teach and that'd be, that'd be fine for you. How many of you know that we're not to do what people want us to do, but what God wants us to do? We're not to hearken unto men, but unto God. And do what God would have us to do. And that's why this is such a personal thing. We've got to know what God wants us to do for ourselves. Amen? Thank God for the help of others, for the guidance, you know, and maybe wise counsel. But, you know, the bottom line is the fact that we have got to know what God says for us and for ourselves. So that we do what He would have us to do. So that word truly does come from God. Well, notice over here in Acts chapter 5, in verse 38. Sometimes people can get in the way. I mean, well, many people, friends, family members. Now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it. Lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. I, I like that. Do you like that? See, people try to get in the way. Just like they try to stop the, the apostles from doing what they were doing for God. And this wise man comes along and says, look, if this truly is of God, you better let them go. Because you'll find yourself fighting against God. Yeah, they made it rough for these people, for these uh, apostles of our Lord. They made it tough on them. They wanted to beat them everywhere they went. They wanted to throw them into prison. Everywhere they went, they wanted to refute what they were saying and undermine their work and ministry. Seemed like if it wasn't time, it was devils and demons or people trying to get in a way to discourage the people of God. Those that knew what God had told them to do. But you see, they never let their fires of enthusiasm diminish. They stayed on fire for God and they just continued in the way of the Lord. They didn't let the dream pass by them or the vision. They didn't lose sight of that. And here this wise man says, look, 
if God told them to do it, and God is working with them, and God is on their side, you can't overthrow God, so let them alone. Isn't that a tremendous mindset to, to possess? I'm talking about the one that God spoke to. Look, God told me to do this. And you know, when God tells you to do it, and He gives you the vision, He drops that dream inside you, and you know He did. It doesn't matter what others say. It doesn't matter what demons say. It doesn't matter how much time is involved. God's working with us, and we are working with God. We're not out there alone. We're out there to accomplish the purpose of God, and we are co-laboring together with Him, praise God. God is on our side, and we're not going to fight against Him, that's for sure, because we're working with Him. And all these others that try to bring up all these other reasons why we shouldn't continue on in what we are doing, like I said, they're going to take sides together against God, and they're not going to overthrow God. Even if there are those that are out there legitimately aiming at our lives, targeting our lives, attempting to get us to, to stop doing what God would have us to do, what are they going to do? Overthrow God? It's not just us that's involved. God is involved because He told us to do it. So if God told you to go canvas an area, you're going to have all kinds of opposition. You know that. You're going to have uh, ugly people slamming doors in your face. You know that. How many of you know that? <laughs> They're not going to invite you in for tea. Not the majority of them. You know? And if you go off to Bible school, you think you're just going to go on down to wherever God would tell you to go. And when you get off the plane or if you drive in... They're going to just roll out the red carpet for you because God told you to do this. I mean, you, you know, you're there and, and you're waiting for all this royal treatment because God told you to do this. Well, you know God told you to do it, but they don't know God told you to do it. And they can probably care less whether or not God told you to do it because it's personal. It's involving your life. And I'm sure that Satan will just find some people that will cooperate with him to try to get you discouraged so that you don't go on and fulfill the dream that God has for you. But you see, we're to be of this mindset. We're unique individuals. And whatever it is that we can do for God is unique. God needs us in the kingdom. God needs us to work for Him. Whatever it is that He would have us to do, we need to do. Because our lives are valuable and precious in His sight and meaningful. And so it's not a small thing that God would have us to do. Whether you're playing a musical instrument, like I said, or if you're out there on the street witnessing, whatever it is that God would have you to do, to inspire you to do, it is meaningful, it has purpose, and as far as His kingdom is concerned, it's going to be advanced if you do your part. Well, then why is it that so many become discouraged and maybe many fall short and become inactive in spiritual activities? Like I said, because of time, because of demonic influences, sometimes just because of people like... Like these apostles right here. They could have stopped from doing because of all the pressure that was placed upon them. But they didn't do that. Now turn with me, if you would, please, to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Because this is basically what's on my heart tonight. In the book of Hebrews chapter 10. When we find ourselves losing sight of the vision or the dream that God places within us. Or when that spoken word... That God so clearly spoke and distinctively spoke to our hearts seems to be distant from us. And almost impossible to be fulfilled. When the fires of our zeal and enthusiasm begin to diminish somewhat, seemingly being quenched. Get a hold of this scripture. Read it to yourself over and over and over again. If it's a matter of praying for somebody, seeing that person through the victory. 
If it's a matter of standing against a particular force or power until victory is obtained. Whatever it is that we have set out to do knowing that we've been inspired to do it by God. Whatever it is. Whenever we kind of sense all this pressure and all this opposition coming against us. This is the scripture that we are to, to use to remind ourselves of our position and of what we should do. In the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Let us hold fast our profession or the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised or he is faithful that spoke. Or oh, the one who gave us the dream is faithful. The one who placed the vision within our hearts is faithful. The one who spoke in his word and said, whatever he said is faithful. He gave us his word and he is faithful to his word. He is faithful to the blood covenant. He'll not lie. But the beginning of the verse says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. The word here, hold fast carries the idea of a downward force that is overpowering and dominating. In other words, this is what God is telling us to do. This is a part of the meaning of hold fast. When we find ourselves facing opposing forces, when time seems to be going by and maybe we're becoming somewhat discouraged, when the vision becomes blurred or the dream clouded, we to remind ourselves that we are to have this overpowering and dominating force activated within our lives. Not to sit back idly and do nothing about what is happening. But to develop a mindset, a bulldog tenacity, exerting a force in our lives that refuses to give in. Or to quit. Let us hold fast. Or let us overpower. Or let us dominate. It implies a force that conquers, overcomes, and dominates the scene. Let's not allow those enemies to our faith to overcome what we believe God placed within us. Let us not allow those powers to blur the vision, to cloud the dream, to cause the word that God spoke to be so distant and indistinct. In other words, it implies that we are to bear down. That's what he is saying here. Hold fast, bear down. Grit your teeth. Take a position, take a stand. Exert a dominating force. It also implies the idea of seizing something and holding tight to it. In other words, you have the dream. In other words, you have the vision. God told you what to do. God gave you that ministry. God spoke and said you pastor that church. God spoke and said you start that evangelistic work. God said to you to, to work with those children. God told you to help these folks out over here. Whatever it is, God said for you to go to that Bible school. 
and, and don't quit until you've completed the course. God told you, whatever God told you, that with His stripes you were healed. We are to bear down. We are to exert a force that is dominating and overpowering. We are to seize what belongs to us. Get hold of it. Take hold of it. And don't let go. It's just like if you saw the Pittsburgh Penguins when they won that Stanley Cup both times. It was as if they had it in sight. That first time they began to taste it. It was something they wanted to get a hold of. And so they began to exert themselves. To apply themselves. They began to bear down. In particular this last, this last season. When it was as if it was almost all over. When they were down three games to one. All of a sudden everything gelled. They got back together. Again, bearing down. Getting your grips together, joining the force together, exerting yourself, exercising a dominating force and overcoming power. We are not going to let go of the vision. We are going to repeat. That cup is going to be ours. And so they begin to apply the energy. They don't lose sight of the vision. They said, we never gave up the hope. And they applied themselves. And although it was about to escape their grasp, they continued and they continued. And you know the end of the story. But then all of a sudden, we see them on television. Each one of them grabbing hold of that cup and not wanting to let go. Do you see some of them? I mean, they didn't want to let that thing go, did they? They seized it. They got a hold of it. They accomplished the purpose. Do you see that? They fulfilled the dream. And they didn't want to let go. It's like one of the Chicago Bulls for the first time with Michael Jordan playing for them. Won the NBA title. And they had that trophy given to them. I saw Michael Jordan just hugging that thing. Holding on to that thing. I mean to tell you, a lot of hard work, a lot of effort, a lot of energy was applied. They were looking for something that was in their grasp. And they knew they had the potential to obtain it. And so they reached out. Again, bearing down, applying themselves, not losing sight of the vision, not losing sight of the dream or the goal. And they applied that energy and got a hold of it. They seized it. And once they got a hold of it, they didn't want to let go. And that's just the way it is. You get it and you don't want to let go. That's what this word implies. Let us hold fast. You have the word of God. You have the vision inside you. You have the potential to achieve your goal. God spoke to you. You have His Word. He has told you what to do. That is what is your foundation of faith. And because you know that, regardless of who else knows it, it doesn't matter if your family knows it. It doesn't matter if your friends know it. It doesn't matter if anybody in the world knows it. You know it, and God knows it, and God put it inside you. And therefore, you begin to bear down and you begin to exert this energy and you begin to apply yourself. And you're going to obtain the goal. You're not going to stop. You are going to, to, to seize the opportunity. You're going to seize the prize. You're going to gain the victory. You're going to see yourself through to the end by the power of the Most High God, regardless of what people say. Regardless of what devils and demons say. Regardless of what time is saying to me. I'm not letting go. I heard from God. I know what He wants. I refuse to give up the dream. I refuse to let go of the vision. I refuse to ignore the Word 
that was spoken. Beloved, can you see how it's essential to know that God spoke to you or God gave you the dream or God gave you the vision? Because, you see, that becomes your foundation for faith. And in the face of all opposition, the hurling accusations of the devil and all these other things that we mention, in the face of it all, there's something on the inside of you that just won't let go. See, some do. Because they don't understand this command to hold fast. Hold fast. Oh, I know it doesn't look good. No one said it looked good. I know it doesn't feel right. No one said it would feel right. I know there's opposition. No one said it would be a bed of roses. I know there's a fight. No one said there wouldn't be. But the idea is don't let go. You get a hold of it and you seize it. You don't let go. Well, hold fast to what? Hold fast the profession of our faith. Now, that word profession there means in the Greek, if you'll just look up the words, to say the same thing. It doesn't mean to repeat what somebody else said. It doesn't mean to repeat what someone told you or what you heard someone else say. It doesn't mean repeat their action. It doesn't mean repeat their vision. This is what God said to somebody else and God told to somebody else. And now I'm going to say it because it's going to apply to me. It doesn't imply that. You look it up and it means that one identifies with God and his plan for his life. One has discovered the will of God. It could be through reading the scriptures. It could be through a vision. It could be through a dream. It could be an impression. It could be a divine witness of the spirit. Whatever it is, it could be an audible voice. God, in some way or some manner, has spoken to the heart of the individual. That individual counts the cost. For example, God told you to go to Bible school. I use myself. God told me to go to Bible school. I know what God said. Do you think he said it a thousand times? No. He witnessed to my spirit. I had the witness in my spirit. I had to trust in my relationship with God. I was trusting Him with all my heart. I was not leaning my own understanding. And on my ways I acknowledged Him and He directed my path. And on the inside He said go. And I know He said go on the inside as sure as I'm standing here right now. Does it mean that everything that unfolded after that, that particular time was to my advantage? And the answer is no. There was a time when all I was holding on to was what I knew on the inside. When it seemed like even friends, and it seemed like even family, and it seemed like everybody around you didn't understand, and made it hard. You know it's hard to leave family. It's hard to go off in another direction. It's hard to let all your loved ones go behind you. It's hard to give up the security of that environment that you grew up in. But no, God said go, and you know it. And like I said, all kinds of other words will come. All kinds of people will say all kinds of different things. And it begins to wear you down if you allow it. But even in the midst of it all, because you know God said, and I mean you know God said. You know God said like you know your name. You know God gave you the vision like you know your name. You know God put the dream there as you know your name. You know that you know that you know that you know that this is the will of God for me because of, not somebody else, because right here I know it. And all your faith begins to soar. I mean, it just begins to climb the heights. I mean, you know that you know, and it's there on the inside of you. And in the midst of all this, you refuse to let go and relent. You refuse to give up your faith. You refuse to let go of the vision or the dream. You refuse 
to believe that the word will not be fulfilled in its season. Because you know that you know. And then, as a result, you begin to say what God said. You begin to say the same thing that God said about your situation. I will tell people, I thank God for, you know, for your comments. But I know that God said go, so I have to go. And I have to do what God said to do. And sometimes they'll just look at you. Just look at you like you're going off the deep end. As a matter of fact, I think this place where we attended church, they were glad to see us go. Because they thought we were off the deep end. As a matter of fact, I found out sometime after we had left, these are the exact words. He's going to fall flat on his face. He's moving too fast in God. Well, I believe you can get ahead of God. I believe you can. You know you can. But you know when God said go and you know you got to go right now and you're stepping out on the word of God, all others around you may not know that, but you know it, you're not moving ahead of God. You've got to go now. You've got to go when God said to go. And I did exactly what God said to do. In the face of all that, I held fast to what God said. I said, no, God said go. There were others that said, look, you can just stay and preach without going to Bible school. The anointing is upon you. Go ahead and do it. And I said, no, God said go because I've got to go. He wants me to go. So therefore, I've got to go. We got back. And it just starts all over again. Isn't it amazing how everybody else wants to tell you what God wants you to do? Think about that. Well, you should be doing this, and you should be doing that, and you shouldn't be doing this. You know how many said I shouldn't be pastoring this church right now? I can't even tell you how many. (laughs) Too many. Multitudes. But I've got to do what God said do. When we we got back from Bible school after finishing, you know what God would have us to do? They said, start a church over here. And I said, no, God didn't say that. God said I'd be the next pastor of that church down there in Midland. That's where I've got to go. That's what I've got to do. And they said, well, what's the difference? You start a little work over here, just as many people as there are down there, just get over here and do this. I said, no, that's not what God said to do. People don't understand. They think there's no difference between where you start a church at or where you go to pastor a church at. But you see, I knew better than that. Oh, glory to God, I knew better than that. I believe if I would have started a church up there in the Youngstown area... I I believe I'd have fell flat on my face and been on a spiritual junk heap. Why? Well, if you can do it somewhere else, you can do it. No, no. When we align ourselves with God, then God is in control. When we are obedient to do what God would have us to do and say what God says, beloved, that's when we're blessed. Hold fast to what you know God said and say the same thing. Now, let me say that another way. Hold fast what you know that God said to you. And don't let go. In the face of all this opposition and all these negative forces, hold fast. There'll be times you'll have to bear down. There will be times when you'll be challenged to the utmost. Like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we don't want to think about that kind of a temptation to let go and abort the plan of God, do we? Yet we know that we're going to be tempted. We know that we're going to be challenged. And there'll be times we're going to have to exert that dominating force and power. That refusal to let go. That storm will come. That trial will come. That test will come. 
Hardships will be there, but we refuse to let go. You say, I'll hold on to this thing until I go off to be in glory, knowing that God said it, whether or not it ever comes to pass. But you know that it will. But that is an attitude that you maintain. I will be successful in fulfilling the purpose of God, the Word of God, the dream of God, the vision of God, regardless of the opposition. And that's the mindset that you have. And you begin to exert that dominating force. You see why it's so important to know this? Because, beloved, that dominating force is something that comes out of you, the individual that God spoke to. It's my body and my healing that I am pursuing. It is my deliverance that I am pursuing. And so I got a hold of the message of God. I got a hold of the Word of God. And I'll tell you what, I've set out to achieve the purpose of God in my life, and I've had all kinds of hindrances and roadblocks, but nevertheless... I'm not letting go. I refuse to cave in, to lose heart. I refuse to faint. I'm holding fast. I will hold fast with greater tenacity of faith. If I need to, I'll do it. Well, what happens when people let go? What happens when because of a little bit of pressure or the going gets tough? You say, does the going ever get tough? When isn't it tough? When isn't it tough? You may be in business somewhere, serving God with your business. Does the going ever get tough? You know it gets tough. Are there times when it seems like you're going to sink and and not swim? Certainly. You know that happens. But you know God told you to do it for His honor and glory. You are fulfilling a purpose in the will of God with your life. And therefore, you hold firm in the midst of it all. You hold fast. You bear down. You say what God said. You say, Father God, you said. You said to do this. I've given my life to you. I've devoted myself to you. I'm bearing down. I'm holding fast. I'm not letting go. It is the dream, the vision, the word that you gave me. I refuse to give in. I refuse to be defeated. I refuse to turn my back. I refuse... To weaken under the pressure. See, when the going gets tough, then you get going. Because you are tough in the Lord. And in the power of His might. But what happens when uh, God's people refuse to hold fast to what God has done? And you know, you can apply this message, beloved, to your life if you have already achieved something that God would have for you. For example, here you are. Here I am pastoring a church. That's what God said to do. That's what I have been doing. Do you know that if you don't hold fast to what God said to do, you can still be defeated? Even though you are involved actively in doing what God would have you to do? See, sometimes it's, it's not the fact that we haven't even achieved something, but the fact that we haven't learned how to maintain what we've achieved or obtained in God. How many of you know that even maintaining your Christian experience is a fight? Maintaining your, your spiritual status is a fight. Absolutely. And that's when we have to bear down and not let go. But what happens? Turn on back to Psalm 37. I want to show us what happens. The Israelites experienced many things, and I believe we can learn from their mishaps and experiences. Psalm 137 and verse 1. 
by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And they asked the question, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget the old Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof, O daughter of Babylon, who are to be destroyed. Happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stones. Now you can see just by the nature of the psalm that their hearts were heavy and weighed down. But why? Well, maybe if we put it in context, we can better understand it. After decades of slavery and oppression, the children of Israel finally found their way into the promised land. In other words, they arrived. You know, they wandered in the wilderness. They fought with each other in the wilderness. They complained against God. They murmured against God. But finally, one day, they made it into the promised land. They finally arrived. Like so often, we think we have arrived in faith. To them, it was the climax of their national dream. Here we are. God said it. It was the fulfillment of divine prophecy. Here we are. We made it. The land that flows with milk and honey. To them, it was the apex of their own personal joy. And they began to exult and to rejoice and be glad because there they were in that place that God wanted them to be. Isn't that wonderful? To be in that place God wants you to be? You ever been there on that spiritual high? Reaching the apex of your own spiritual joy? Oh, that spiritual high that you've entered into because of victory? Or because of a fulfillment of a purpose in the divine will of God? And there you are, rejoicing and exulting and magnifying God on that spiritual high, personal spiritual high. But all of a sudden, something happened to the people of God. It seemed as though because of their prosperity... Their senses were dulled. And like so many times with others, as it happened with others, it so happened with them. They no longer had an acute dependence on God. You ever been there? They got what they wanted. They were satisfied. It's a land flung with milk and honey. Now they've got prosperity, and when they got that, God said, now don't forget me. But what did they do? They forgot God. They rested in their laurels. They rejoiced in what they had, but then they went about their own way, busy. They didn't learn how to hold fast what they had. And you see, as a result, they were opposed. And because of their preoccupation with things... They found themselves in Babylonian exile, taken captive, out of their land that God had provided for them. Can you imagine the devastation of it? Think about it. 
They, they were on the mountain, there they were on the mountaintop of victory, but now here they are. Because they did not learn how to maintain what they had. Because they didn't learn how to hold fast and bear down and to keep what they had. Because they were ignorant of the enemy of time. As time goes on, maybe you're there right now on your spiritual high, your spiritual plateau where you're experiencing, you know, the, the fullness of the blessings of God. But as time goes on, our spiritual condition can be affected. And theirs was. Little by little, they began to go back. Little by little, they lost what they had. And they found themselves once again in, in Babylon, in worldly environment. And they found themselves being overcome as a result of not holding fast. Well, beloved, one time, at one time they were masters of circumstances, and now they become slaves. At one time they were victors over the elements, and now they've become victims. All of a sudden they find themselves demoralized. You want us to sing? You want us to sing? Get real. They hung their harps on the willow trees. We only sing in Jerusalem. Zion. Sorry. You know what, beloved? I think Paul and Silas could have taught them folks a lesson. I said, I think Paul and Silas could have taught them a good lesson on faith. They didn't learn how to maintain their victory. They didn't learn how to hold on to what they had. And as a result, they hung their harps on the willows. And there they were, spiritually inactive. They let go of their faith. How many have let go of their faith? As I said, there they were at Rainbow Bible Training Center along with me and others. And they let go of their faith. I believe God told many of them to be there and told them exactly what He wanted them to do at that particular time, but because of time, or maybe because of circumstances. Well, I thought it would be a little bit different than this. But you see, it wasn't how they thought. For whatever the reason is, they let go of their faith. They aborted the plan of God. They didn't learn how to maintain victory. They didn't hold fast to what was theirs. They didn't hold fast to the Word, to the vision, to the dream. That's exactly what these people did. And as I said, they were demoralized by their troubles. They were taunted by their captors. And now, when they're told to sing, they said, how can we sing? Look at this. How can we sing? I mean, there they were living in the past. They remembered Zion. Verse 2, we hanged our hearts upon the willows in the midst thereof. They wanted to sing. Sing in verse 3, the latter part. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And the response was, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? They wanted the comforts of Jerusalem. They wanted the temple environment. They wanted to be right there where it was spiritually right for them. The climate was right for them spiritually. Beloved, we're going to be in the world. We're in this world. We're not of this world. We're going to be opposed. We're going to be attacked. We've got to learn how to cope with things, how to deal with things. And even when we're in that environment that may not be all that conducive to spiritual worship of God, you know what? We can't hang our harps on the willows. We can't stop serving God. We cannot become inactive in our, our, our faith toward God. 
Yes, they were wrong for what they did. They should have never lost it in the first place. But I believe, beloved, you can still turn your heart back to God. Paul and Silas were in trouble. They certainly weren't in the temple. Were they? They were in jail. Persecuted. Beaten. With, with whips, probably. Or rods. Who knows? But they were bound up and chained. But they sung. They sung the song. They praised their God. See, once again, bearing down. We're not giving up the fight. Spiritual fortitude. Tenacity of faith. I'm not letting go. What are you clinging to? The Word God gave me. What are you holding on to? The vision of God. The dream. Whatever it is. I'm not letting go. And so they sung their songs. Paul and Silas. And you know the story from there. The power of God came upon them. And they were delivered and set free. See, beloved, this is what happens to those who do not learn how to hold fast their profession of faith unto the end. Who do not know that God is faithful, the one who promised. Although in between all that, it may be a mess. Although in between all that, man breaks out. In between all that, our reasoning faculties want to shut down. Our feelings want to explode. Our heart wants to become discouraged. But we don't let go. Again, bearing down. We say what God said. Bearing down. We exert a force that is overpowering. A force that is dominating. And we don't give in. We don't give up. We don't let go. And we begin to sing our songs. We take those harps off the willow trees. We put them in hand. That harp can be symbolic of your ministry. can be symbolic of what God told you to do. That thing He said, it could be your vision, could be your dream, could be your talent, could be your ability, could be anything. And you stop being inactive. You know, beloved, it wasn't until somebody by the name of Daniel got active in seeking out and pursuing the things of God that they got delivered. Think about it. Think about it. And so, we don't let go, no matter where we're at. You see, Hebrews, beloved, is talking about ultimately their salvation. Many were letting go. When the going got tough, they let go. They did the easiest thing. They quit. It doesn't just apply to salvation, though. It could be, like I said, that thing that God said. You could be believing for a mate. You could be believing for a marital relationship to be restored. You could be believing for a wayward child to come home. That is back to God. And in your prayer time, God spoke or God gave a word. And that word was positive, and you know it came from God. And it gave you direction. And so you pursued it. But like it usually does happen, things seemed to worsen, to get worse. Things didn't seem to turn, make a turn for the positive. And too often what many do is they let go. They don't hold fast. Oh, beloved, if we would just learn how to look beyond feeling 
the realm of feeling and senses. If we would learn to get a hold of the truth of the Word of God and develop this kind of attitude and mindset. I'm learning to hold fast to what God said. No, I don't feel it. No, it doesn't look like it. No circumstances dictate otherwise. But I'm learning to get out of the boat of the senses. I'm learning to walk out on the water. Nothing beneath me but the Word of the living God. God is upholding me. God is strengthening me. I'm learning to stand in the authority of the Word of the living God. I am not letting go. God, you said. You know, God wants us to say, God, you said. Father God, you said. In that vision, in that dream, Father God, you said. He wants us to be confident in our relationship with Him. He wants us to voice the fact that we know that He said. And Father, because we know that you said that you are with us, and this is what we are to do, we'll stand firm, immovable, invincible, regardless of what comes our way. Let the flood waters come. They'll not pass over us. Let us go through the fire of trials and temptations. We'll not be burned, but we'll go through them and come out refined as pure gold. Our faith strengthened. We're holding fast because you said. You know, God loves to hear that. I said God loves to hear His people say that. And so, we take it off the willow. Put it in hand. And then we get it tuned up. That instrument over there needs to be in tune. If it's been sitting there for a long period of time, not used, it'll get out of tune. Some cases you're going to have to tighten the strings, you're going to have to loosen. Some things we may have to loose or let go of, some things you're going to have to tighten up on. But whatever it is, we've got to get in tune with God. You know it's not too late to get in tune with God? I said it's not too late to get in tune with God. Or to get back in tune with God. To get refocused. It may seem as though your mate's not going to come to Jesus. It may appear as though that your child is just doomed for damnation. Oh, beloved, I believe our faith was given to us to use not... Are you, I want you to understand this clearly when I say it. The most important aspect of our faith life is not to get material things. I'll tell you, it's to move heaven and hell if we need to get our loved ones into the family of God. To get them delivered and set free by His almighty power. To stand against all these forces that are coming to get against us to drive us out of the will of God. Our personal faith is designed to be a powerful force for God upon this earth. So that God could have His way in our lives. Added to that will be material blessings. Because he said those things will be added to you. But you talk about the difficult areas of to maintain a life of faith in. When you see that child's life just being overcome or that person being tormented by demonic influences. And it's almost as if you're ready to throw in the towel. But you know you can't. When it seems as though no one's responding to your ministry. And you want to just throw in the towel. But you say, I'm not going to. I can't do that. Well, it seems like that thing you've prayed for, things are not getting better. 
But you know that God spoke. You have that word. You have that vision. You have that dream. And so you say, no, 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 no. Hebrews 10.23 says, hold fast. Bear down. Don't let go. Don't let go to what? What Brother Bill said? What about Brother John? What about Sister Lucy? No, 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 no. Don't let go of what God said. Don't let go of it. Don't let go of it. Hold fast. Bear down. Exert energy. Take your harps off the willows. Tune them up with God. And play them once again. You do it in a foreign land without a home. God will deliver you and give you a land with a home. You do it in prison, beaten. God will deliver you, set you free. Sing the song of the Lord. Sing the song of Zion. That's a song of victory. Hallelujah. Not based on what we see, but based on the vision of God. Based on what He said. Hold fast. Get back in service with... With God. Become active in your faith once again. Don't let go. What did God say about your situation? Get a hold of it once again. Apply it. Hold fast to it. Tune up. Get active. What did God want you to do? You never finished. Pounding on those doors. Get out there. Get back to it. Get active once again. Regardless of the attitudes of men. Those people that you're ministering to. Seems like it's not working. Get out there. Hold fast. Continue ministering. Do what God said. Those prayers that I've offered about that situation. My mate. Spouse. Children. Whatever. My healing. Activate your faith once again. Sing those songs of Zion. Proclaim the victory. Hold fast to your confession. Exert that invincible power. Bear down. And I'll tell you what, beloved. Great shall be the reward thereof. Great shall be the reward thereof. Don't give in. Let's all stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.